This is the No Stroke Podcast with your co-hosts, David Dancero and Michael Garrow, helping you to support and thrive in life after stroke. Their podcast is designed for educational and community support purposes only and should not replace medical treatment and guidance of your own health professional team. Welcome, everyone, to Season 3, Episode uh-oh, Mike, five or six of the No Stroke podcast? Five, I five. believe. All right. I believe We're moving you. along. We're, we're moving along. Well, um, we, um, it's been a little bit. We've, we've, uh, we're, we're back. We're going to get back into our regular routine here, but uh, it is February and you're not off the February. hook. You're not off the hook on the ABC school. Give us a quick rundown. And um, I, I'm not going to give up on this as, as, as your c- coach, as your coach. Okay. Well, you have on- me in a hole already. Cause I just admitted to the fact that I ate pizza for dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah. We but- just had a, we just had a nutritional breakdown before we went, went on camera here. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that wasn't the best of things, but <laughs> Okay. Remind and, the, remind the listeners of okay. the ABCs. Okay. So Mike's, we call it a resolution or a, or a, or a healthy commitment for the new year. Are we going to, either way, right? The A, the B and the mm-hmm. C to break it down and make it easy to remember. Your A was that you were going to get your Apple watch. So I want to yeah. see it. Yeah. Are you, you holding out? Yeah. Hold on one sec. One sec. Put it on. Sorry. Yeah, the band, the band, the, the bands can this be a little, little tough. Yeah. There it is. There it is. There's, but, no. There's that watch. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Are you all right? Listen, gonna, okay. I I did sign up to the Attain program. But, hey, a lot of change here in the last week for okay. me. All right? I, I've all just right. moved down. I just settled into to the place in Queens with Meg. I got my routine going. I have my podcast. This isn't even going to be my full-time podcast recording okay. studio here. You know, we're, we're getting the office set. Okay. I, 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 maybe I overcommitted on the ABCs, right? So no, why don't no. we, why don't we look at this? And again, we all, we always think, Hey, you could, you could go back on your, on your goals. But what I have committed and stayed true to is C, which is coding. So I have, I have continued to, to do that okay. weekly. All right. So I've committed to one. Throwing A, B, and C all at you once just, is pretty heavy. You, you just I'm gonna get right defensive. over. I'm going to get defensive here. All right. All right. And all right. yeah, do we, do we have a, I, do we have the boxing studio set up? Yeah. But, but give me a chance to you, get in there. You haven't actually got there yet. <laughs> all right. So let me just say, you know, you were, you were giving me crap about my hair being slicked back, but. I did get four miles in before our recording here. And I think it is that you're just afraid of the challenges because with the Apple watch, you know, in the background that like, you know, I've already heard me mention, I've looped in the whole family to try to say, Hey, the old man is, is, is uh, kicking your exercise butt, but um, all right. So let's go. So, well, so for the AB, we'll, we'll just quickly move over that and go to C because we do have a guest coming on. In the C, the coding, and I do have to say to your benefit um, and to your expertise, you were able to fix a little, little website glitch of ours. So now you are officially the Webby Ninja 
Mm, yeah. or Thanks. enable us and the, the no Strunk podcast. Okay. So I'll give you the C legit Thanks, C. Um, but I am going to be on your, 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 your tail. Well, I need that. I need that. I need okay. that. It's easy. It's easy to gloss over and, and, and all right. yeah, but, but when I know you're on my butt, like, all right. And I'm, you know, I, I took, you know, in all fairness, I never really fully disclose, disclose what I gave you some snippets, but I'm going to, just to make it easy, we're going to continue down the alphabet and I'm going to go D, E, and F. Okay. So, you know, my D, one of my D's were, I wanted to be able to play the drums. There's a couple of songs that I want to be able to play. And I'll, I'll give you an excuse. I'm a little behind on that. I attempted and I actually blew out our, our makeshift amp. And this is a synthetic drum kit that just doesn't sound as good unless you have yeah. that full bass. So I'm working on that. The E is education. Okay. So I'm not, I thought you probably would say you just would have guessed it was be exercise, but the E for me this year is education. And it's about building out a lot of the um, educational tools that I want to pull in to some of the services we're going to offer. And in addition, um, hopefully next week, I'm going to have a preview for you of the after the pod educational component. So I'll tell you maybe more in, in future episodes, but if I don't break it and I'm also going to get that book finished that I mentioned, you know, I, I have my book body and balance, but I've always wanted to do a specific book, more of a chicken soup type book around stroke rehabilitation and survivor stories and all the years and all the folks that I've kind of connected with and kind of touch base where they are now and bring it into kind of what we're doing as well. So I'm going to get that done before the end of this year. 2022 is the year. And so that's ease. And F. F is more fun. F is for finish. I'm, I'm finish. 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 Fundraise. Finish. Let's get to the episode. Uh, but the F is to have more fun, food, and family. Okay. Triple F. Oh wow, that's 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 heartwarming, David. That's, Thank you. That really is. Thank you. Yeah. So Look, you know, you know, just just shoot me down, make me feel that, <laughs> and then build yourself up. Well done. All right. Well, it's uh, I could continue to we could continue to ramble down the alphabet here, but I think let's uh let's introduce our guest for today. So we had the pleasure of speaking with Lauren Sheehan. Um, Lauren and I, you know, we, we go back to our, my days of kind of early research within this stroke rehab space. Um, and there weren't many people in it um, when I was doing that research. You, one of them, Lauren, one of them. And look, we've magically connected the dots here this evening to bring us all in the conversation. So Lauren is currently a product manager with NeuroLesions. And previous to that, she worked in her clinical background was primarily in outpatient neuro rehabilitation, where she worked for over 10 years. Um, she's held admin roles, clinic management, cross department uh, directors. And she sits on the American Congress of Rehab Medicine Clinical Managers Task Force. Um, you know, and she's just really a proactive voice here in the, the stroke, not particularly into stroke, but just the, the rehab tech space. Um, she's obviously the, the co-founder of the Rehab Tech Summit, which we'll be speaking about today. Um, and also something that, you know, David and I are organizing a session on, which we'll, again, we'll speak to. Uh, but Lauren, 
you know, she's, she's a real go-getter, you know, you'll, you'll hear in the conversation with her, you know, she, she's really achieved a lot. And, and it was a short conversation today. And, you know, we, we have, we'll invite her back in kind of, you know, dive more into her role and kind of how she's really transitioned today. We focused more on the event, which is coming up Um, again, really, really excited for, you know, for us to dive in and, and have this discussion with Lauren. So, you know, but before we go into that, um, why don't we do a little snippet of in the news? So in the news, I, I saw you had a a brief interaction and I know you, you you tend to go on LinkedIn rants once in a while. You know, you're, you're an opinion, you're an opinionated man. Um, Didn't know you a, saw it, Mike. Didn't know you saw it. <laughs> There's an interesting article um, in Moby Health News, which came out uh, a couple of days ago, uh, but it is around this digital muscular skeletal care market, right? Um, and it was all around kind of where the, where the market is right now, talked about, about the, some of the big companies in the space, but then, you know, really where it's going. Um, and there was one guy who, who put up a post that I saw you commented back on. Uh, he had a really interesting take. It was, you know, all these companies that are scaling um, have followed the money, right? So something that we've talked to a lot, you know, mm-hmm. the solutions that are in the market right now have lined up to reimbursement. Now, the point that he was trying to make and the point that I think you spoke to as well, which I'd, I'll let you elaborate on, is are those solutions actually the best case for the patient? Yeah, no, that's um, the the article um, that we mentioned. Moby Health News was last week, and um, the title "Digital Muscular Skeletal Care" is booming. Where does the market go from here? And um, you know, it's it, it brought up a lot of dialogue and um, a lot of the companies mentioned. In fact, there's a good tie-in here to our conversation with Lauren coming up um, because you asked Lauren the magic wand question. Why haven't essentially companies been able to do in the stroke care space like they've done for MSK, musculoskeletal? Um, And, you know, she mentioned if, if it was easy, folks would have done it. And a lot of the companies that were mentioned in this article jumped in to that what we know was a fragmented marketplace and they call it the pandemic effect. So finally, my comment in the article that you're referring to was that um, for the longest time, our patients have essentially been asking us for more. They've been asking us, what do I do between sessions? And, And in PT, especially the compliance and the completion of episodes of care is pretty poor something like 60 to 70% of all patient episodes never finish. We just lose them because they don't feel engaged. The companies that were mentioned in the article came along and saw a problem and a need and they addressed it and they didn't do it necessarily through the direct reimbursement model. And now um, there's, you know, many of them have gone on and I mentioned that, you know, there's probably a dozen of them referenced and a few of them, like we had, conver- I had conversations with them early on when it was just a thought. And the common theme around this was often 
someone who walked into the PT practice had a bad fragmented experience and said, I can't believe you guys are still doing this the way you're doing it. And why can't I see how I'm doing when I go home and how come I can't report back to you how I'm doing? So in that market, um, musculoskeletal care, there were a lot of companies that saw that startup and the expensive MSK environment and the poorer outcomes and just capitalized with technology. And so, you know, now we, we do have an opportunity now. There's a lot, there's a lot that um, PTs, you know, have the ability with, with coming into conferences like we're going to talk about the summit and the things that Lauren are doing to be able to try to get a piece of that. And I think ultimately it's going to shake out. And I think the article and the comments that came through, well, eventually what's going to probably shake out is a hybrid model. Um, but for the longest time, we didn't respond to meeting patients where they wanted us to be. And ultimately someone came in and took over that market. Yeah. And you're right. You know, the, and you know, it's the companies that have succeeded today, but again, you know, I think we're, in you know the first few innings here of how you know the digital house uh, landscape is going to shake out, um, and what's also interesting, which you know Lauren pointed to as well, is that this you know specifically to stroke, it's not a an easy space to innovate, and in, you know, and I think it's because of that multidisciplinary approach to rehab that it takes. You know, obviously we speak a lot of to PT based on your background and you know your you know, your practice and, you know, what you're passionate about, but, you know, there's, there's survivors who need the speech and language therapy. They need social work. Yep. There's, you know, there's, there's a larger component outside of, you know, just, just movement. Um, obviously that's what has kind of taken traction first, but, you know, for stroke rehab, particularly to be successful yet, yeah, it, it will need to be the hybrid model but it also need to encompass this multidisciplinary team um, and within that health coaching, which obviously we're very passionate about and something that Lauren speaks to and something that we'll be able to speak to our friend and ex um, podcast episode guest, uh, Marina. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Took a little while to speak that up, but um, yeah. So um for the, for the listeners, um, we the event kicks off uh, the Rehab Tech Summit. You could go online, um, rehabtechsummit.com. Uh, you learn more about the event. Uh, you The days we're kicking off with the Neuro Edition, which, you, again, Lauren spoke to. Um, that's March 4th and 5th, followed by the main event, which is on the 10th and 12th of March. And then they have a closing event, which kind of wraps up some of what happened last year. It's the age tech review, and that's happening in April on the 8th. So again, you know, a great event for, you know, you, you know, clinical folks, um, you know, really patients, caregivers, anyone who's curious to learn more about this rehab tech space, um, connect obviously with, with like-minded folks and see where some of this is moving. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into it. Uh, this is our episode with Lauren Shannon and co-founder of the Rehab Tech Summit of the one of many hats that she holds. I think you guys will enjoy this one. Thank you as always. Cheers. Enjoy. Hi, welcome Lauren to the No Stroke Podcast. Hello, so nice to be with you. 
So Lauren, it's a, uh, it's been a couple of years since I think we've been connected now. Um, it goes back to, I think the first call we had, I was riding on a bus in Dublin as we were chatting uh, during my, I had you as part of my research uh, group when I was getting my master's. Um, so, you know, we, during that time, I think you were still in the OT space, obviously, and kind of looking at how rehab technology is coming into stroke. And it's been a fascinating journey since. So why don't, why don't you kind of bring us back to, you know, your early days of, you know, how you got started. Um, and obviously we'll dive in deeper around the Rehab Tech Summit and some of the great things happening in the next couple of weeks. But for our listeners, it'd be great to kind of bring a a full picture of Lauren to the scope here. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation. It, it feels like a lifetime, but also no time at all. And I actually really distinctly remember that conversation, Michael, because I think I was also on a form of transportation <laughs> when we were chatting. Um, so my background is, uh, you know, trained as an occupational therapist, um, working in stroke and in primarily in outpatient rehab um, focused on the neuro population. So stroke, of course, brain injury, spinal cord injury, and um, spent some time in, in administrative and management roles. And just, uh, I guess, in terms of the segue from my clinical practice was really disenchanted with uh, what was happening for patients and families um, in traditional healthcare and in their um, pursuit of trying to get, you know, care and rehabilitation um, outside of the hospital. As my, you know, sort of 15 career, uh, year career, um, you know, took shape, I started to see fewer and fewer opportunities for patients and more and more red tape um, in traditional healthcare settings. And so, you know, people that really needed um, the care and, and, intensive rehab were um, getting denied visits. We had to work really hard to get folks in the door. And uh, it all sort of culminated in being um, approached by a a patient who found a piece of technology um, that he was really interested in at the time. And it was the the Neoffect Smart Glove. And um, I got connected with the company because while the product was really great, I thought that there were opportunities for improvement. And so started giving, um, at the time, unsolicited advice uh, about how the product could be improved for this patient and for other patients. And um, just found a real joy in connecting with the industry and started to, I think, expand the ideas for me about what life could look like outside of traditional practice. Um, influencing the development of these technologies, as well as, you know, I think the ultimate goal of um, bringing technology to patients, to end users, to individuals who have had strokes um, as a way to supplement the challenged uh, healthcare system and and sort of being able to get the full extent of their rehab in the clinic. So um, I ended up coming on board with, uh, with Neoffect at the time as their first clinical um, hire, their first clinical person in the States. And uh, the rest is history. I've been working in industry roles for the last five years and uh, really just trying to scale my impact in terms of um, 
making technology, creating technology that is accessible and useful to um, individuals who have had strokes and other neurologic uh, issues. So here we are. That's a great intro, Lauren. And uh, I think now I know why we hit it off so so well, so so easily early on as well after Mike made the introduction, because on the PT side, I've experienced those same pain points. You know, there's healthcare technology could give patients so much more control and allow therapists, whether it be an OT, a PT, speech therapist, better insight into what is happening with that patient and, and give them better control of their health and empowerment. So um it's been, it's been exciting to be part of what we're going to dive into here. Um, last year, in addition to everything else you do as a technology strategist, uh, connector, an OT, um, and your role as a product manager, um, you're also at the helm of, a, of the Rehab Tech Summit. Tell us what inspired you to take that on with your busy full plate? <laughs> I still ask myself that same question, David. Um, no, it's really been a passion project. And, you know, being a clinician in industry, I, I remember going to some of my early conferences, you know, being on the company side and recognizing how much distance there is between clinicians that are maybe attending a conference and learning about um, different interventions and, and research and how to improve their practice and the folks that come to represent um, technologies and products that can really be used, um, like you mentioned, to enhance, enhance practice and to increase empowerment and, and put the tools in the hands of the patients and the clinicians. There was this big disconnect for me um, between those two worlds, what was happening kind of in the rooms of the clinicians at those conferences and, and the, you know, trade room, trade show floor where sort of the industry folks were relegated to. And um, the more I, I talked to people developing technology and the more I talked to clinicians, there um, seemed to be a desire to just really get in the same room and at the same table so that the devices that are being created and developed both for the clinician as the end user and for the patients um, really take into account the needs of, of those parties and that um, the industry folks that are developing the technology really want to hear from clinicians and they don't always know how best to reach them. So uh, we had this idea to put together a summit that just um, brought those two camps closer together with a focus on uh, sharing knowledge with therapists on innovative technology, uh, making an impact in healthcare, and then also really demonstrating the role for rehab clinicians to uh, contribute to health tech development and just make sure that um, we're, we're having conversations and sitting at the same table. Super interesting, and and it's so needed, right? Like you know, just like you were saying, it's, it, but it's also what I loved about the event last year as well. Like you brought in some of the patient perspective as well. Um, you know, why don't you talk through some of the folks who joined last year, and you know, maybe some of you know what you have lined up for this coming year as well. Absolutely. Um, last year, our focus was 
um, really around, you know, how could clinicians sort of get um, some, get and build some additional skills around uh, how to be a contributor um, in the rehab tech space. So we had a number of workshops. Um, we had some design related workshops. We had some uh, workshops around um, product and product management, and then uh, really heard a lot from the perspective of um, the, the CEOs and the technology developers about you know, what it was that they were looking for, uh, maybe how clinicians could um, get in contact and sort of uh, provide value in those spaces. Um, and we, uh, we also had a focus on age tech. Um, last year, kind of a one day event um, specifically around technologies that uh, were related to the aging population. Um, I am trying to pull up my last year's agenda so that I can actually remember it yeah. feels like it's been forever ago. <laughs> you did have some rock stars. I mean, you had folks from the AARP in, um, you know, obviously we spoke to some, some folks at uh, Banga from Newgate, which is a pretty cool conversation. And then um, Caitlin as well, who works now with Microsoft and accessibility kind of on the OT side. So you really curated, you know, such a unique group of people. Um, and I know this year as well is starting to form as well. You know, we'll speak to kind of our, our event that, that we're, or the session that we're looking at as well. But is there anyone particular that maybe stood out to you last year that you want to kind of highlight? Um, let me think through. I can't pull up. I know. I put you on the spot. I put you on the spot. One person that I really have enjoyed getting to know as part of the Rehab Tech Summit is Sarah Thomas, and she's an Mm -hmm. OT um, and also a CEO of Delight by Design. Um, She has done a lot of of, um, consulting in the aging space and particularly around designing spaces, Um, so actual facilities and um, spaces that can be um, friendly and, you know, friendly to the aging population as well as beautiful. Um, so that was uh, a lot of fun to have her involved and to get to know her better. Um, like you said, we had some folks from AARP. Um, we had uh, a really nice um, relationship with Caddy, um, another uh, group that's focused on, on aging and brain health innovation. Um, we actually did an exchange with them, um, attended some of their virtual summit and, and brought some folks from their uh, group on to participate as partners. So just some of the kind of exchange and partnership that we've been able to do with other organizations has been really um, enjoyable and just has, I think, shown us the need for continued conversation and um, interaction and partnership in this space. Yeah. And I'll add to, uh, I really enjoyed that session with Sarah Thomas. That was, that was excellent. And um, ended up having a breakout session with her after and really fascinating the work she's doing. So um, can you talk, uh, Lauren, about um, what's added this year? There's a a special segment that's kicking off and in your, it's called the Neurotech Summit, right? Or the Neurotech. It's Neuro Edition. So we, Um, we've doubled down a little bit uh, this year and just really wanted to bring in more 
narrow focused content and speakers um, really wanted to add some additional scientific sessions to the mix. Um, you know, last year was sort of our proof of concept. And I think we really had some phenomenal speakers and some really um, great sessions and workshops, like I mentioned. But this year we wanted to um, really focus as well on clinicians that are you know, wanting to harness and um, use technology in their practice, uh, both, you know, to enhance the practice of the in-clinic work that they're doing, as well as um, see what's out there and on the horizon for being able to uh, track and monitor and support patients um, in the home setting. So, um, neuro, of course, is, is my practice background and my passion, so I was really excited to partner with. Um, we have two uh, main sponsors or partners for the, the event in total, and that's NeuroCatch and BrainFX. Um, so we've been working with them uh, really hand-in-hand -hand to uh, put together the, the session content to recruit speakers, and um, I can give a little preview just kind of running down the list of, of some of the sessions that I'm really excited about. Um, to your point, Mike, we have uh, and are including some more of the patient perspective as well. Um, so we kick off with a keynote uh, entitled The Human Side of Neuro Recovery, How Tech Can Help Us Harness Neuroplasticity. Um, so speaking about uh, a specific uh, patient story and all of the different technologies that sort of helped him make uh, further recovery. Uh, I'm really excited about um, one of our additional keynotes who I've known now for some time, David Petrino. Um, he's at Mount Sinai and their Center for Innovation and, and works a lot with uh, companies on uh, both research and also market entry and, and looking at how we can um, scale and make these technologies available. Um, he'll be speaking on use of technology for monitoring and management of patient outcomes and giving us a little bit of a sense of what's on the horizon, um, getting out his crystal ball and sort of, I think he's a great futurist uh, and, and will be giving us a little bit of what he sees as trends to watch for in um, rehab tech specifically in the narrow space. Um, we'll actually have a couple of sessions on COVID, long COVID, um, and some of the cognitive assessments and learnings um, of this population. So we have sort of a clinical session on, on COVID and both a research session as well. Um, two of the topics that I think don't get talked about enough that we really wanted to include were um, technology adoption 101. You know, clinical settings and, and um, hospitals that are tech focused will often get a piece of technology and without really um, thoughtful integration practices, those technologies can you know, sit on the shelf. So how to make the most of and the best of technologies um, and for you know, clinics and clinicians, how to really assess what is a good fit for your clinical setting and your clinical practice. Um, so I'm really excited about that session. And then of course, um, I think, you know, speaking about access, patient access and clinical access to tech, um, we would, you know, be remiss not to include a session on reimbursement. And it's a, it's a challenge to get some of these things paid for. So, you know, what, um, what can we do both to advocate for uh, reimbursement and then just really educating clinicians on um, 
how to get technology into the hands of patients and to get uh, the tech into the clinic. So, you know, these things are, are great and they're, uh, we're learning more about their efficacy every day, but if we can't actually get our hands on them, um, they're clearly not useful for, uh, for anyone. So we'll be um, spending a little time as well on a couple of topics that I'm, I'm excited about, um, AI and big data. Uh, and I know, you know, that's a, a piece that I think the two of you have um, explored some as well. You know, what is in the future for us as we are able to harness all the information that's coming from these pieces of technology? And then, of course, your session, which will be really fabulous as well on digital health and sort of this new uh, adventure horizon, you know, how else can we reach people outside of the clinic and through digital health means um, potentially through coaching and other ways to uh, develop community with these uh, patients and families. Awesome. Well, thank you for that run through. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're obviously super excited for the session as well that that we'll be leading alongside Marina and um, Jane as well from, is it, it's heal your brain, heal the brain with Jane. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, for folks who missed the session with um, Marina Burahovich, she is the founder and CEO at your coach. And, you know, she's really leading this charge for the health coach revolution here. And, you know, I think when we when we talk about stroke rehab, particularly, um, you know, obviously your event's going to cover, you know, a broader landscape outside of specifically stroke, um, you know, but in our, in our world, like what David and I really love, you know, and obviously very passionate for, you know, we see such a need for this um, coaching to be able to drive rehab outcomes, support clinicians. Um, and, it, and it's really been, up to this point and what the work that they're doing at your coach, this health coaching thing has kind of been a bit in the weeds, right? Like, you know, no one really knows how to classify it. Obviously it's not reimbursed. So it's going to be interesting, um, you know, for Marina to come in kind of really give the full scope for, you know, both clinicians as, as well as patients into, in the room of what health coaching is, you know, how could it support long-term rehab? How could it blend in with the clinical practices of OTs, PTs, speech and language, that whole multidisciplinary team? Um, and I think alongside seeing the work that Jane has done, and maybe you could explain some of what Jane has done over the past, you know, uh, you know, 18, 24 months through COVID. Um, but it's, it's going to be a nice way to really show that approach of, like you said, you know, there's this ever-changing world of, you know, health technology, health, you know, digital health, digital therapeutics, however we want to term it. Um, but how is it driving impact and change, you know? And, and I think seeing this real world solution of both what Jane is doing, where it's driving some really nice, you know, community impact, bringing people together um, alongside what Marina and your coach is doing to kind of give that give these coaches and you know OTs, BTs a platform to kind of drive and hopefully like reimbursement is coming. Um so it's it, it'll be an exciting one. But maybe for the listeners, just give a quick kind of recap on, on Jane's background and you know some of the work she's been doing. Yeah, she's a, a fabulous OT. I just um spoke with her last week and you know thinking about um what the 
stroke survivor community needed, particularly when there wasn't the ability to access care in person. Um, and she already had this platform, but uh, really has scaled up um, community building and trust building with this, this group of survivors, um, offering uh, a lot of different, maybe more non-traditional or sort of adjacent to therapy, um, but so important. And I think things that we don't necessarily lean on enough as therapists, like mindfulness and yoga, um, from trained clinicians who just happen to have that additional background that they want to share with the survivor community, but can't necessarily or don't don't necessarily do it within the clinic. Um, it's just uh, it's really neat, and she she's sort of I mean in some ways similar to Marina, opened her platform to other clinicians that want to reach. Um, stroke survivors and offer programming. So, you know, the, they've scaled programming not by doing it all themselves, but by connecting with people that have expertise and who want to reach this population and, um, and build community and just uh, bring value. So it'll be really exciting. I think there are a lot of parallels and sort of synergies between the different work that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think funny you say that because I, I was just reading an article today um you might have heard of her christine um i forgot her surname she's a big time investor she used to work for cd or cnbc insights and you know she was a big kind of you know, um news reporter in the in the digital health space and she came out with a report today or like a tweet it was just saying the, this digital health space, it's going to become consolidated, right? Like, and invest, it probably won't be the best for investors, but it's going to be the best for patients, right? And and you see that example of both what Marina and like you said, what Jane's doing, they're bringing these, these programs together, one stream and, you know, kind of driving actual care because right now the space is just all over the place and you know it's it, what you're doing with this event is the right thing it's bringing people to the table it's saying how do we how do we make an impact here you know how do we make this actually work um and you know the session topics are brilliant so i think for any clinicians listening who are kind of new into the digital health space or, or you know practicing ot's pt's speech and language therapists you know this is this is a a must go to event. You know, I, I'd really recommend this. Um, yeah, and maybe for those folks, you know, who are listening and even patients, you know, how how could they sign up or what what's the process to get involved here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, go to our website and uh, snag a ticket. There are individual tickets. So for the three different events, we really scaled up this year because we are gluttons for punishment and we really saw the need. Um, and so we, we made it a bigger event that has a little bit more, um, you know, specific focus like the narrow edition and we're having another age tech event as well. So um, they can go and get a, a VIP ticket, which covers actually all three events. So three separate engagements to kind of pick and choose and see what um, most meets their interest. Uh, the individual events, so the Neuro Edition specifically, um, is, I think, so reasonably priced. And again, accessibility um, is important for the tech itself, but also for the education. So we wanted to really make it easy for folks um, to participate and, uh, and join us. So head to rehabtechsummit.com and go to tickets and um, hope to see and, and have, you know, conversations with many of you. I think that's what's exciting. And 
David, maybe you can um, chime in on this, but it's funny because, I mean, obviously I was behind the scenes, the sessions um, weren't as meaningful to me as the connections and the conversations. So I yeah. think there's so much opportunity to, we have a number of networking events throughout the um, experience as well. And, and I think that's where uh, bringing some of the session content and some of the big questions that we're asking into those smaller rooms where people can really uh, connect and, and um, find commonalities in their excitement about tech or as a tech developer or as, um, you know, someone who's in the startup space trying to bring a device to market. Uh, there just were so many really valuable and exciting conversations being had. So yeah, I, come for the content and stay for the conversation. Yeah, and 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 the conversations and the virtual breakout rooms were were great. And even though it was virtual, I found myself trying to jump around just as if I was at a real event without having to really leave floors and trying to find different rooms. It was it was well worth um, the time last year. I'm looking forward to being part of it this year with with the two of you as well. And we did promise you top of the hour here as we reach it, we did promise you would let you enjoy the rest of your evening. So we'll put all those links in the show notes for the event. And it looks like because of the time constraint, Mike's not going to get to ask you the magic wand question. I really would have liked that, that answer, but that's, I think maybe we could save that for another time. You know that, you know, it usually, it usually ends the, the uh, podcast for us, but uh, what do you think? I'm, is... I'm happy to answer the magic wand question. I would be sad to leave without. Wow. <laughs> it's all yours. You made, you made my evening, Lauren. Thank you. <laughs> but you have to actually deliver the question. Otherwise, it's not the same. I, I will. And I know you're a busy <laughs> mother, so we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you slide after this one. But again, every, everyone that comes on the podcast, you know, we, we asked this question. And it might have been a question I asked you on the bus back in what, 2014, whenever we first had that <laughs> conversation. Um, so put yourself in the role as you are today, you know, as a product product manager leading a, a startup and, you know, you have the opportunity to bring change to the stroke community, right? Specifically post-stroke community. So now place yourself at the mighty stage of whether that's head of the government or, you know, a, a powerful, powerful position where you could bring actually, you know, big time change across the stroke care pathway. So this is reimbursement, this is technology, you have a magic wand. How would you redesign the stroke care pathway? How much time do we have? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, you know, I think um, my interest is increasingly in digital health because I think that uh, where, while there is a need for products, there's often not a way to reach people. And so being able to um, connect with folks as they're discharging from the hospital, um, creating community on a platform that can support people in their post-stroke care and navigation, and then you know, can uh, connect them with appropriate resources um, that they need in a, in a timely manner, you know, when they need them. Uh, I think there's just a, a, a real need for um, a way to connect survivors with each other and with 
um, resources and, and information uh, and be able to hopefully sort of shore up some of the gaps that exist in transitions of care for stroke uh, for stroke patients and their families. Well, I mean, you, you read our minds, Lauren. Follow-up question. You're the first one to get a follow-up question. <laughs> this, there's models that do this in oncology and different care pathways. Why, ha, why has stroke been the challenging area to have this happen? That's a really great question. Um, well, one, I think if it was easy, it would have already been done, right? Uh, I think to... There's so much money in interventional stroke and very little money in quality of life. And I'm of the mindset, and I hope that this continues to be proven through through research and access to technology where we can start to gauge some of this. Um, But I'm of the mind that um, we can affect health by affecting quality of life. And so I think it's just going to take more of us actually proving that model um, in order to uh, make payers and technology developers pay attention. Well said, well said. Um, and, I, and I think you're on the path, you know, with, with how you're building this event and you're bringing the right people around the table, you know, this is the only way it's going to happen, right? So, um, Again, as David said, I think we could continue to chat and I, we'd love to have you back. Um, I love your role, you know, with what you're doing as a product manager. I know we've, we chatted with Caitlin Jones as well, who's more on the OT side and how she's kind of gotten to, into the industry, um, you know, through accessibility. But I think product management, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be, you know, product manager and be in a similar role, um, although maybe a slightly different role as you know enterprise product manager is much different than startup and you know I think you get your hands in a a bit more of the pie as within the startup landscape which is unique Um, but I'd love to kind of have a session on what that role of product manager is what skills you've kind of brought in as an OT and just your perspective in general um, on kind of how how this is all moving and, and shaking out but um we'll let you we'll let you run i know you have a family to attend to um david dave's a, david signs us out usually so i'll let david take the charge here i don't have can you sign out with the hat david now i need now i need would, would you like the hat <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely okay here we go it won't be as good as uh kyle <laughs> kyle's sign out from the last time but it maybe we'll get a few more would you say, Mike, we had like 50 or 75 on our YouTube channel? So maybe this will get us up to maybe 100. So, Lauren. Or down. Or full, down. Yeah, or, down yeah. or down. AB <laughs> testing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. We're going to try this. Thank you so much for having us, uh, coming along to that tonight for, the, for this episode. And we look forward to um, getting back together in March for the event. And in the meantime, we're gonna um, let you enjoy the rest of the evening with your family, or maybe you have a room to paint or a box to unpack, but that is- uh, that. <laughs> With that, we'll say thank you and good night. Thanks, thank
Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Stroke Podcast. Be sure to tune in each week for more knowledge on stroke recovery in the brain with tips, technology, and interesting Stroke Thriver interviews where they share their success to enable you on your own healing journey. Make sure to hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our show. Mike and I will love to ask you to rate and review our show to enable us to grow our audience. Please check the show notes to follow us on social so you can connect and reach out to find more about advertising with us or becoming a guest on our show. Until next time, stay well, keep the faith, and keep moving forward.